Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest is a podcast host himself with an amazing, amazing podcast, which I think is one of the best names. I have the host of Business with Beers, Brian Beers, on the show today. Now, a little bit about Brian. He is the president of the Prenland Automotive Group that has been a successful venture of his where he has 24 locations. We'll get a little bit of information on him. He's been running for almost the past 12 years. He is the host, as I said, of Business with Beers, uh, which he's been running for the past year. I highly recommend you check that show out. You'll find the link in the show notes below. And he has been inspiring entrepreneurs to massively grow their income and contribute by investing in people, process, and technology. He is overall a career-long entrepreneur with a successful background, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Brian, welcome to Catapulting Commissions. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. So, you know, one of the one of the things I want to just I got to dive into it here, right? So, you have been running a successful employment opportunity, and Catapulting Commissions family. I'm going to circle back on this, but what what I want to cherry pick here is we have an audience that makes majority of their money commission based, either all of it, some of it. Very much like entrepreneurs only make money when they produce revenue. So you're you're in that same key. I'd love to start, right? The average businesses, you know, majority, half the businesses fail within the first five years. You've been running the Prenlin Automotive Group for almost 12 years. You have 24 locations. What is the key to longevity in your business? Yeah, what well, all comes down to, I think, having having great people on our team. You know, we, we, our success and failure is all determined by, you know, the quality of the people that we hire and then the tools that we give them. And so, you know, our goal is to, to hire great people, provide them with all the tools that they're going to need. And then, you know, then it becomes accountability of, you know, we expect results and we expect our stores to perform. And, you know, we don't really want to hear ex- excuses because we, we know that each store and each team is able to produce a lot. It then really comes up to the, the team and, and are they motivated and are they aligned? Is the culture good and all those things? Because if, if we get all those things in place, uh, you know, we fix cars for a living. Cars break. They need to be fixed. People are going to go somewhere. It's just a matter of do they choose us? And then if they have a good experience, are they going to come back? And it's it's really it's really that simple. So, you know, you, you say that, and I hear the the approach of people first, which I think is fantastic. I, I wish more uh, businesses would focus on people first. Um, but you say you guys fix cars, right? So you you fix cars. You you, you provide a solution to a problem there but you're retaining your people. I mean, you've been there, you know, you're, you've been running this for 12 years. The company's been around a, a little bit longer than that. What is, you know, when you say you give tools to people, what are the tools that you provide to your employees to want to stay long-term? Well, I think it's a couple d- different things. I mean, for, so first of all, our company's been around since 1976. You know, my, my dad and uncle started it with one location. They grew it to about six. Uh, I joined after college. Uh, I knew nothing about the automotive repair business. 
and uh, they were actually getting ready to close close them because it was like 2010 and business wasn't good and they retired and you know so I breathed new life into the stores and you know have since grown it from six to now 24 uh, all in the Philadelphia New, new Jersey markets and you know some of the tools it's you know it's 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 culture right so we, we I was was key on building culture so we're we're big into to slack. Uh, every front shop, front shop person, managers, assistant managers, uh, even in now technicians have accounts. And, you know, we, through that, we can celebrate wins. We can create this community, celebrate birthdays, anniversaries. Um, you know, we have weekly zoom calls and the, the first thing we're talking about is, Hey, what's a win for the week. And so I think, you know, having a positive mentality, especially with all the negativity in the world and with COVID, it was like daily death counts and all this stuff. And we're tr- trying to breathe that, Hey, there's a lot of good things happening. There's a lot of wins. So, you know, especially for, for salespeople, I mean, you, you got to be in the right headspace. And you, when we talk to customers, right, we, we, we got to be positive. And so the, the next tool we, we do is, is training and kind of what's our process for the, the sales approach. And starting off with something positive about someone's vehicle is like literally is, is the number one thing we talk about. So, you know, you can tell them, hey, that the tires are in great shape or the suspension's tight or, hey, we checked this and it's good. Like, you know, people want to make people feel good and comfortable and, you know, starting with something positive is, is a great way. Um, you know, additional training. We have a lot of uh, finance tools. Uh, finance for us is a, is a big uh, key part of our business. Where you know, auto repair is expensive. It's it's unexpected, and so we have a number of third party tools that allow us to get people six months, twelve months. You know, no interest. We have no credit needed programs for people in a tight spot. And, you know, anyway, we, we have these solutions, we have these tools, it's up to our people to communicate this with customers so they can see the value, build trust, ultimately, you know, use these and, and help make it affordable uh, and get the cars fixed. So, you know, th- those are the big ones I, I really focus on uh, is, is, is culture, you know, training, and then some of these t- technology and, and other tools that we have. You know, you, you provide solutions for the problems your customers or your employees face. I, th- I think that's, you know, I, I, I love it. I mean, we've all at one point in time in our lives have had to have our car repair. And I know, you know, in when I was younger and I had to have a used car repaired and I didn't have the money, some of those six months, 12 months, I mean, it, it makes things totally uh, feasible. But what I like more is you're celebrating the wins for the week. You're training, you're building a team. You have everybody there. So I, I think that that camaraderie that you create more companies need to execute it on. So like if my catapult commissions family, you know, I, you know, I think of some people who have s- small insurance agencies or, or, sm- or uh, real estate agencies where you have this group of people, the more you you create that connection, the more people want to perform, you know, Brian, I, I have to jump into something here. I mean, your podcast business with beers and, and you've grown, you know, the business from six shops to 24 shops. And so I'm going to, I'm going to connect the dots here. Right. Catapult to commissions family, we have all have made large commission checks. Money comes in and it grows, right? Or we hope it grows. Brian, you took a company from six locations to 24. There's growth there. Let's 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 put the two together. Sales professionals, entrepreneurs, I'm putting you in the same category right now. What are some of the things you did from a financial standpoint? to ensure your company was built for growth from six to 24. And what, how does that relate to a salesperson who may sell a home this week and get a $60,000 commission check? And it's like, man, I'm growing. How does that person, how does that person who's selling continue to grow their business much how financially you grew your businesses from six locations to 24? 
Okay. Yeah, it's a great, great question. And, you know, for us, we always looked at our, our business as the best investment that we can make. And so, you know, intentionally we would keep, you know, we, we follow this thing called Profit First, which is a, a book by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, I'm sure many have, have heard of it, but it's kind of a system where money comes in, you have multiple bank accounts, and then you you transfer money out of your like incoming bank account into these these accounts. So there's a profit account, a tax account, you know, and then like a general operational account. And so, you know, we, we would intentionally, money would come in, we would transfer it into this, this profit account and it would still stay within the business, a, a portion of it and a, a portion we would take personally. And then a lot of times when, you know, we would pro, we're proactively looking to grow. So a number of these deals, it would be us having multiple conversations with our target, you know, the, the, the target acquisitions. And then when we had something on the hook, I mean, we would then p- pile up the cash so we could make that investment into the business. And so that, that was, that's part of it is, you know, strategically keeping money with the intention of reinvesting it back into the business because, uh, you know, we can also get seller finance deals where, you know, we can, you know, one acquisition, you know, was over a million dollars, you know, it was, it was financed 80% by the seller. So we only have to come with, you know, about $200,000 down. And, you know, we, we have that 200,000 out of profits that we've, we've made from other stores, right? It's just like compound interest effect. And then, you know, immediately that thing is making more money. We're going to over a hundred percent return on our money, you know, on that $200,000 investment. So, you know, we, we've learned that over the years and, and there's some discipline that, that comes with it. You know, on the personal side, uh, now what I do is, is a similar to, uh, the, the, the profit first mentality. So I, I have multiple bank accounts set up. And so for me, I have like an operating account of a, of a savings account, and then I have what's called an investing account. And so into my operating account is, is what I take as a salary. So whatever my, my W-2 is, you know, I, that's what goes into that. And then out of that account is kind of all my, my living expenses. So the, the mortgage, my credit card, you know, different insurances, whatever, like the day-to-day life. And so that account stays like pretty, pretty steady. You know, money comes in every week or two weeks, whatever, and then it goes out and then it comes in. And at the end of the day, it's, it's the, the daily average balance is about the same. And then all of our distributions. And so for the high, you know, commission guys, this would be their, you know, the, the big commission checks, you know, wh- whatever has to go into that, the minimum into the, the daily spend bucket, uh, you put some into whatever your emergency savings is. So for me, it's about six months of cash that I want that I, you know, try not to touch. And then the rest goes into my investment account, right? So I fill that investment bucket up with all the, the distributions that we take from the business. And then all that money is then deployed into to investments that we're going to make. And, and my goal is to turn active income, so money that we we you know make through through the business, into passive income, which is then money I'm getting to you know just the, the mailbox money, right? So we invest in real estate syndications, we do hard money lending, uh, we do a couple other activities that are that are similar to that. So the money comes into this investment account, it fills up to a, a certain amount. Let's say it's fifty thousand dollars, which is normally the minimum for you know, most real estate syndications, we make this investment, right? And then that investment makes money. And then every month we're getting money back from that, from that syndication. Maybe it's a multifamily apartment building or something. And then all that money though, gets redirected back into the investment account. It does not go and mix into your, your personal account. Cause what happens is this thing called lifestyle inflation or you know, income creep or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, the more money you make, the more money you spend. And so, you know, by intentionally setting up these these bank accounts and you know intentionally directing money into the appropriate places, it it you know re- you resist the urge to say, hey, I got all this money, I'm going to go buy this new car, I'm going to buy this new house, I'm going to spend it on these things. Where you know you can kind of contain your living style, you know, comfortably or, or whatever degree you want, 
within a certain number, but then you get compound growth from all these investments. And so that's, it's, it's we, we kind of learned it in the business and that's because that's how we operated. And then now, you know, we're, we're operating on a personal level in order to, like I said, didn't turn this active income into, into passive income. You know, I, I love the structure you have with it because as, as, as a business owner, it's, it's very, I don't say it's easy cause it's not, but as a business owner, I feel sometimes I'm, I'm more incentivized or I'm more motivated to create my, my funnels of, of allocating funds for my business. Right. I, like I know I have payroll every month. I know I have marketing fees. So you're, you're doing that where, where I, you know, catapulted commissions film, you've heard me share the story. The very first business I open I also closed within three years because I, I didn't know the difference between personal income, payroll income, tax income. I just thought, man, I'm making all this money and Vegas seemed fun on the weekend. And uh, that didn't work out so well. So I definitely learned that lesson oh, 16, 17 years ago. Um, so I like how you turn your personal income into that same segment, right? You, you talked about avoiding that lifestyle inflation with catapulting commissions. You know, family, you guys have you know, we've we've talked about that before right you know live below your means as long as you can so when when you go into this operating savings investing account do you let's let's just be honest here right let's say you have a good quarter or you know your income from the business influences increases do you adjust what you like how do you make those decisions that you're going to pay yourself more because I look at it from the aspect of we use the same real estate agent to close the biggest deal of, of, of the year and they get, you know, a $60,000, $50,000 commission check. I, ha- I I know this firsthand. They're like, oh, I'm this is awesome. I'm going to go buy the Rolex and do the vacation and do a bunch of other crap. So how do you make that decision when to pay yourself more? You know, I've got my goal and my vision is long-term wealth creation yeah. is, is generational wealth. And, and yeah, I have two young girls and I want to teach them all this stuff. And so for me, you know, th- that is the bigger reward. And I know that every dollar that I can put to work and, and invest it, that can earn compound growth, that is way more rewarding to me personally than, you know, a fancy watch or, or anything else. So honestly, like I, I, like I want to take it out of the business. I want to reward myself, but then to me, an equal reward is I'm able to place that into, you know, uh, an investment that I know is going to double or triple in a couple of years. And so, you know, f- for me, that's because, because I have that vision in my mind. I think for most people, that's, y- you need like a bigger goal that you're shooting for and not like living day to day. The other thing that like Profit First does and my system does is you're, you're supposed to intentionally like be a little tighter on your expenses. And, and what that does is like for, for, for most salespeople who are money motivated, if I look at my you know, one of these accounts and it's low, like that motivates me that, all right, I got to, I got to like pick it up and we need to take action. Now in, in reality, you know, we got tons of, we got tons of money or wealth is building up in these kind of e-liquid, you know, assets mm-hmm. and these different real estate syndications. So the wealth is still there. However, because I intentionally keep the, the balances tighter, it, it, it motivates me to, to work even harder to, to make more money, whether it's through, you know, motivating our guys, getting sales competitions going, whether it's me, you know, personally taking some actions saying, all right, what can I do personally now to drive more income? But I, you know, there's this other issue. If, if all your money's in one spot and you got whatever, a comfortable checking account, you get, I think you get lazy too. And mm. you feel like you got too much money and then you can go and you can make these, you can spend this money. You don't have to call that prospect back. Like you're good for the month. You hit your number, right? Like, and then it, and it's demotivating. So I'd, I'd rather put all my money to work, have it earn other money in other places, 
and put myself on on the clock for for continuing to produce. So I don't know. That's what I want to do. I want to build wealth long term. So you know that that's what motivates me. You know, it, it goes to show you know that the money's not everything. And you and you mentioned that salespeople are money motivated. And I've debated this numerous times, either on the show or at sales meetings or with other sales managers. I truly believe the best sales reps are never money motivated. I believe they're they're recognition motivated, they're reward motivated, they're they're motivated by what the money provides them. Because once you make a certain level of income. What you just said right now, Brian, I, it's, it's a level of complacency where sales reps just get complacent. Like, oh, I have money in the bank. I've hit my quota. Dude, I'm just going to kind of skate by. Um, so, I, so I like how you, how you take a look at it and you, you look at what's the greater good uh, for, for, your, for your motivation to, to invest money. You mentioned your family. You mentioned generational wealth. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, my goal with Catapulting Commissions is what's my legacy that I'm leaving behind, which there's a definitely wealth component to it. But I look at it like, you know, what is what is the legacy that 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 my kids are going to say about catapulting commissions and and what we've built? Um, so it's never really short term, but money comes short term. Social media makes me think money comes short term, right? Social, I mean, it's just it's it's such yeah. an unfortunate bullcrap of reality. So. What, you know, and I'll preface this by saying this, but, you know, Brian is not your financial advisor. So any advice that he shares on the show is just for him and I, for you to do education. So this is not Brian telling you go do this or don't do this. This is just 100% him and I having a conversation. So I want to ensure that we're clear here so no one comes back and bugs, bugs <laughs> Brian down the road. You said this is bull crap or whatever. Yep, sure. So, Brian, what are like. What are you know? You, you mentioned the system you have, and I know that you're you know you're you're building your program and you're coaching people on on investing and being strategic with their money and and how entrepreneurs can build generational wealth with their business. You and I have spoken about this. I believe sales professionals, the best of the best, are entrepreneurs themselves because they want to continue to drive. What are like the two or three investment hacks they should avoid? Like what is what is something that someone comes to you or someone says like, oh, I'm going to do this because. It's glamorous, it's sexier. Like, what are some of the mistakes they're making with when they're when people want to try to invest their money? Sure. Yeah, I, I think there's a number. You know, I, I have two core principles I really look at. Number one is keep it simple, right? So only invest in things that that you truly understand. And so if, if someone comes to you something and you know it sounds flashy and there's all this money to be made, but you, but you don't understand it, uh, I, personally, I I stay away from that. You know, and you know, in crypto, right? I own Bitcoin, Ethereum, and I. Dollar cost average. I keep, you know, for me, that's simple. There's guys, you know, all this stuff at EF, NFTs and, and Web3 and, and mining and all this stuff that acts like these guys are making a ton of money. And it's like, uh, I don't know, for me, that's, it's, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm not going to invest in it. So that's, that's a big one. Um, the number two is, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but it's the power of compounding is continue to focus on putting every dollar to work, no matter what it is. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, another one is I personally am, am getting out of the, the stock market. I am focused on almost entirely on private investments. And so we mentioned syndications, which are, you know, for those who don't know, it's it's basically a way of, of partnering with, you know, operators who go out and they, they pull together time, money, uh, experience, and resources to go and buy a 250 unit apartment building. Or I invested in a, a deal that's building 100, and, 100 units of, um, in Florida built from scratch. And so there's a team out there who find the property, they negotiate, they have contractors, they've got engineers, they do all the permitting, you know, they do all the work and then they're the general partner. And my, my job as a limited partner is, is to, well, 
you know, I put my trust in them and I, and I assume that they know what they're doing and by looking at their track record and their team and all these things. And then, you know, I write the check and then I'm done. You know, I, I get, you know, you get distributions every month or every quarter, however it's set up. And then when the thing sells in a number of years, you know, that's when the big, bigger paydays come. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's getting into these, these private non-market correlated investments. Um, some you need to be accredited for some you don't, uh, it, it really depends. And, you know, I think there's a lot of wealth to be built in, in real estate and working with people who, who truly care about you. Like the, these guys, and granted, there's a number of, of operators and syndicators who you know aren't the best. They don't, don't have experience, right? But if you find guys who you get to know them, you like them, you trust them, these these people, and, and I have many of many of friends of mine, like they truly care about protecting the investors' capital. Protecting the investors' capital is a greater than their reputation. It's or it's 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 you know the reputation is bent on protecting their capital. It's greater than the profit. And I have stories of you know, operators who've, who've actually lost some money in their first deal or something from some investors and then work their butt off to go and, you know, make more money and then use their personal money to pay the investors back on previous deals. Like they truly, there's people out there who truly care. And so you can find those people, um, you know, versus the stock market and these companies and these boards, do you think they like care about their investors and me and you? No, they don't, they only care about their golden parachutes and what they're going to make in the, the price of their stock. They don't, they don't care about protecting our capital. So I would say it's it's taking control and, and learning all this stuff because it's it's not that hard once once you really learn the, how it works. You know, you 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 share so much so that I want to peel it back a little bit, right? You you first said make sure you know what you're what you're doing and make sure you know what you're investing in, uh, which I think is huge. With this world of NFT and crypto, I, I feel like I get invited to a new NFT project. I'm like, you know, daily or weekly, and each one is each one is bigger than the next one. And I'm, you know, and you know, I've I've eyed a few NFT projects, and I'm like, okay, these are things that I feel a little bit more sustainable long term. But you know, it's something I don't completely know everything about, so I keep my my investment at a high level, like in crypto. And hey, here's where I'm going to roll, and it is what it is. But when you say know what you're going to invest in, I think that's like one of those big mistakes. Like salespeople, you know, we we want to make more money. So if I receive thirty grand this month in the commission, if you could show me how I could turn thirty to forty five in sixty days, oh, totally, I'm I'm in, right? It's just like that mentality of, to keep the yep. money growing. Um, and, and you know, I, I find it interesting, you know, that you you've pulled out the stock market you know you're you're out of you know you're not investing the stock market fun fact i i completely eliminated myself from the stock market not too long ago uh just you know it was i just my portfolio i felt there was things that were going to be better investing for my time and my money but how do you so let's let's, that's a long way of me saying you talked about the syndication like how do you know a syndication project's a good project versus a bad project, right? I mean, you, I look at it, you know, it's almost like an NFT. Like, hey, man, I got a group of guys. And, and I know this because I've had people approach me for, for different things in the past. Uh, and, you know, if I didn't know about it or I didn't feel comfortable with it, you know, I kind of kept my, you know, kept my, I kept my money and kept my cards to my, to my chest. So how do you identify what's a good project, what's a bad project, what's a good syndication group, what's a bad syndication group? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a number of due diligence that that we look at. Number one is who the who the team is. So I want to know, you know, what what their experience is. Have they done a deal like this before? So it's a multifamily syndication. Have they done a similar size multifamily? How how many millions have they raised? 
how many successful deals have they done? Is this their first deal? Have they only done like single family homes? Is this their first big deal? Or, you know, I've, I have money with people who've done, they've successfully done like eight deals and they might have another 10 active ones because some of these things take three to five years. So there's like a timeline to it. Uh, So I look at that. How many deals have they done? You know, how much have they raised? I find out, uh, does anyone I know like have invested with them? Uh, So if you can get a referral base, that's huge. Uh, I'm going to have a call with them. I'm going to see if I like them. Like, you know, the the job of a syndicator really is to help educate their investors because a lot, they do talk to a lot of people who are new at this. And so, you know, you're, you're asking questions, you're trying to learn, like, are they like, are they happy to educate you or are they a dick? And, and they're like, you should know better. Cause if, if you don't want to hang out with them and you, you know, you don't want to be their friend in a sense, like I'm not, there's plenty of other people out there. So that, that's how I get to like them. We look at their experience. Um, we'll find out, we'll look at the business plan to decide like there's a couple different models. One of them is a new construction build. So it's, it's developers who are buying land and building from scratch, right? There's new construction buys. So this is now that that builder sells it to a new group. And you know that that's an that's an, a one. And then the final is usually a value add. So they're buying an existing, you know, 1970s style building and they're renovating the units and, and improving them. And so we'll look at what's the business plan and then what's the geographical location. So, you know, in, in markets that are hot, you know, Florida, Texas, South Carolina, North Carolina, where where everyone seems to be moving to. That's where you see these new construction and these um, the buys and the builds. So for them, that, that's where I'm looking. But if it's a new construction build and like a market that's going down, like I'm not, I'm not interested in that. On the other hand, some of the value adds they can be done in Kentucky and Ohio and you know any state that has at least stable you know population, the good rental markets, and you know so so I'll look at that. What's the business plan from a what's the overall proposal and then geographically where it's located. We then go into, you know, the, the pricing of it, which, which are called through cap rates, which are, which are multiples of, of earnings that the, um, that the property is sold at. And so for example, if it's, um, let's say they're buying it at, I don't know, a six cap, which is without getting into it, it's, it's a, it's a multiple of their earnings and maybe their exit is to sell it at like a four cap, which is, which is a higher price, but it's a lot of it's depending on, um, interest rates. And so then, then the question to me becomes, all right, in five years, do I think that interest rates are going to get lower to get this higher, you know, price? So, so I, I'll look at some things like that. And do I think it's a good business plan? And then finally, what's the returns? Uh, you know, some of these, most of them are, they project somewhere between 15 to 20%, like annualized return. You know, there's some deals that are higher risk, you know, for example, the construction builds are generally higher risk where, you know, it could be 50% a year, 60% a year, depending on what it is. Um, so a lot of it is then weighing the risk versus the reward and, and going from there. So anyway, n- number of things I look at it, but I, I try to look at it as, as a business. Like I'm a business owner. I want to look at their business plan. I want to look at it from, you know, if, if I was hiring these people, would I hire them? Like, do I like the team? Do I like the cash flow? Do I like the risk? Do I like the like liquidity? And, and I go from there. Hmm. You know, it, it's it's one hundred percent just knowing who you're going to spend your time with. I, I love how you say, you know, you you're looking at the track record of of success. So I think there's there's some value there in that syndication, right? I mean, versus uh, there's more value in the syndication than, than some of the cryptos and NFTs that I've seen come out. Well, and it's and it, they're hard assets. So like real estate will always have value. Like even if 
even if it's in their five in their three to five year timelines, right? So over that time, yes, like rents could go down, Th- things could happen, but in, f- in five years, like the bricks and the sticks are still mm. worth something, right? Versus like, I don't know, you invest in crypto, like you invest in Dogecoin or whatever, like there, there's nothing that backs it. What backs it is the public's opinion of it. And mm. if Elon Musk stops promoting it, like all that money goes to zero. There, there's nothing that backs it versus, you know, real estate. It's it's a hard asset. Some will will buy that thing at, at a price that is probably not much below, you know, whatever you paid. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I've made a joke with, you know, some of the NFTs that are sold. There has to be some tangible product on the end. And so I, I just I was just talking with a colleague of mine about like, hey, the day NFTs give me like first class seats on united airlines and i don't have no affiliation or whatever the day an nft gives me something i'm like okay i see it more as i said that i don't know if you've seen this there's an article that came on yahoo finance i think it was yesterday the very first home sold oh, for I an nft that. yeah like holy i, I mean i read yeah. that i'm like dude th- that literally it cut out the whole escrow process according to the article cut out the escrow process cut out the middleman i mean you bought the nft which essentially you bought the hmm. llc that owned the nft which that llc owns that property um is interesting. I mean, there's definitely a future there, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely said, the, the future. But if you don't understand it, I, I don't know. For, for me, like, you know, time's valuable and I'd rather spend my time working on things that I know will produce a solid return. And like, it's just, uh, you know, when that time comes and it's more accepted and I understand it more then yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll find opportunities. But until then, I mean, I'll stick to what I know, and you know, just uh-huh. continue to inch out my my circle of understanding, right? And, and not try to go into a whole new circle. You know, I love that. I you literally took the words out of my mouth. And I love that because it, it, we truly, you know, if you don't know something, don't jump into it. And, and and what you're saying, you know, Brian, as you laid out this plan for, for developing wealth in commission-based sales or commission-based entrepreneurs, this is very strategic. Like you not once said, hey, you know, I'm going to go play blackjack. You're not once said, hey, this is a get rich quick scheme. Like this is very incremental growth over time, right? And multiple investments and, and, you know, obviously it grows really fast, but it doesn't start with, hey, you're not jumping out there and saying, hey, I'm going to make a half court shot on my first one. You know, I'm just going to try to hit track. And it's a snowball effect too. And a lot of these deals you invest and it could take three to five years, but you double your money. And then you, three to five years, you, you redeploy it, you double it again. And then, you know, and a multiple of whatever, 12 years, you do this a couple times, these numbers can get pretty, pretty big. And so, but it's a slow, it's slow at first, right? And it's, it's boring because you're not like, there's no, there's no stock market thing to check on your phone to see what the ups and downs are. There's no like account balance you can open up to like, see what it's worth. Like it's worth what you paid. Um, so the other big thing, and I, I know, um, you know, we talked about this a little before was, was really tracking your wealth. I think a lot of people, don't don't track their wealth at least as as much as they should do you know we we talk about you know tracking sales and and kpis and i'm sure you know most mm. most salespeople are like totally on it they know what their numbers are their quotas this year versus last year month over month growth all their closed percentages all this stuff but then it comes to like tracking our income tracking our wealth how do you track your net worth right and how often do you look at it and you know i'm on the point that i do it monthly so every single month i'm updating this this spreadsheet which you kind of need to use a spreadsheet because you're across multiple platforms now. It's not just whatever personal capital if, if all your money's connected through through those types of things. But getting into you know syndication values, you can buy investment properties. You know there's appreciation, there's debt pay down. 
you're getting cash flow from from these different things that you're investing in. And so bring it all in one place, you know, track it through a simple spreadsheet and you know what you what measures gets managed, right? So if you if you're mm-hmm. measuring, you're thinking about your your net worth and growing your wealth on a on a regular basis, you will start to then think of things that all right, what what can I do to continue to build it? And you set a goal, like I have a goal, I want to grow mine by 2% every month. Um, and so every month I'm like tracking it to see, did I grow 2% compounded? And if I'm, if I'm not like, it motivates me to, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pick it up. You know, we gotta, we gotta sell more, we gotta produce more. So anyway, that, that's another, another key part is, is if you want to improve something, you, you got to track it and otherwise it's out of sight and it's out of mind. You know, ca- catapult commissions family that you should rewind and listen to that again because that is we, we talk you, you hit the nail on the head right i mean we track kpis we track referrals we track follow-up time but when you take that same intensity to your personal wealth your personal income it's definitely going to grow you know i, I a, a fun exercise let me rephrase a not so fun exercise that my wife and i do is you know we you know we we i, I we live comfortably but every now and then we say okay like hey it's and it's 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 subjective, not objective. We look at what is our Postmates or DoorDash fees, and I look at that and I'm like, that's that's outrageous. Like I I don't care I don't care if I can afford it or not. You just like man, that's a lot of like that's dumb. Like why are we spending money there? And so you start you know you say you track it, it grows by simply saying, hey, I'm gonna eliminate yep. the DoorDash fees or whatever it is. Yeah, it's not fun because sometimes you know you're like, oh, we both work, we're busy, etc. You justify it, but when you start tracking it. It grows, and those are much more enjoyable conversations. You said your goal is to grow two percent. I know when when we've had uh, you know financial conversations or wealth conversations, we look at where we're at this year versus last year. It's always fun to see yourself going up. It's like going to the gym, though. It's never fun to have that difficult weekly or bike. It's like, ah, do we really need to do this? Is it? And you start eliminating and cutting expenses. And you know, I mean, I've at this point in my life, I'm still finding ways to cut expenses. Uh, just because you know, every time I cut an expense, I give myself a pay raise. Yep. It also helps with the the lifestyle creep or inflation because you get that big check, the thirty thousand dollar check. If you go ahead and you spend it all on something like what whatever a vacation, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's not going to show up on your on your wealth sheet, but you take it, you go and invest it into to something. Like yours, your wealth is going to grow by thirty thousand dollars that month if if you don't spend it all. So I think it, when you start to really see those numbers kind of move in month to month and uh, for, for me, it's motivating and helps. That's another component that keeps me kind of on track. I, I like that. It And if you look at it, you know, w- one of the, one of the, like the hacks that I've done, right? So I used to have this rule and I, I can not use, so I still have this rule. Like if I can't buy something six times in full in cash, then I don't buy it. Right. So I'm like, oh, if I can't buy this six times in cash today, I don't buy it. And I had this watch that I was eyeing to this day. I still want the watch. So I'm like, oh, I want this watch, I want this watch, this watch. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to honor my rule. I'm going to save, I'm going to save, I'm going to save, I'm going to save. And this wasn't like, I'm not going to like take from my investment account. I'm not going to take from, save. like, this was like, I'm going to save for this watch. Well, when I got there, I was like, I don't want the watch. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't want it that bad anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I did that. I had some money saved up and, and, and lo and behold, I'm happy that I did. And, and we did some other things with the money, but I didn't want the watch. And then, you know, today, I'm today even before we started recording, I'm like, man, I really want this watch. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I've gotten so far without it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, 
It is. So, I, you know, it's when you look at when you manage the money that's coming into you with the same intensity, you manage your sales pipeline, the money grows. So I love that. Uh, uh, Brian, how, do, how does the Catapulting Commissions family get a hold of you? I know you have you have uh, you've been building your your business with beers and you've been building this. So how does if somebody wants to learn more, or wants to learn more about working with you or or just to say, hey, man, I want to talk more about syndication opportunities or learn more to do with my money. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, a couple different ways. Uh, yeah, number one, Business with Beers is my podcast. You can find it on every platform. So check that out. Um, subscribe. I know um, you were a, a wonderful guest uh, not too long ago. And uh, BrianBeers.com. I actually have a link to download a free uh, net worth tracker. It's the same one that I use. So I update that from time to time. But you just go in there, put your name and your email, and, and you can download it. Uh, and also through that's all, all my links on brianbeers.com. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all any of those, someone's preferred platform, I'm, I'm, I'm there. So um, yeah, if anybody has any questions on on any of the stuff we talked about, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help and I want to I give back and help people also create, uh, you know, financial freedom in their lives. So I love it. Catapult the Commissions family, you will find all those links that Brian just mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to go click on those and get access to it. I will end with this. Having the information that you just learned today and doing nothing with it is the worst thing you could possibly do, right? There is so much valuable information out there. There's so much unvaluable information. I just read a statistic that 50% of the stuff you read online is fake. Today's show is not fake. Like, this is 100%. Brian has been vetted. Like, I wouldn't bring him to you guys unless I truly believe in everything that he is sharing. So if you find yourself in that position where you're like, hey, man, Maybe I want to learn more about it. Maybe I just want to download the, the, the wealth tracker that Brian discussed. Go ahead and get take advantage of that. Be sure to do me one last favor, guys. Like, subscribe, comment. Let me know your thoughts. If you have questions for me or Brian, shoot them to him. Shoot them to me on the DMs, all in the show notes. Catapult to Commissions family, I will see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.